0: Greetings, programs, and welcome to the latest edition of the Awesome Friday Movie Podcast, the only podcast where we discuss two things every week. Uh, I say only because it's only me and Simon. My name yeah, is Matthew, not... and Simon is with me. Say hi, Simon.
1: Uh, hello. What a pleasure it is to be back in your company. Yes, we are literally the only podcast that talks about movies. So if you see others well, advertised, just ignore them because they're not ours.
0: Well, no, That's it's it. the only podcast where you and I talk about movies, well, except for the times we've some, ever get started on like any it. other podcast, <laughs> which,
1: oh, which of course is, really is fun. It's really fun. It's really, really fun being someone at the, the, the position I am in my life now is that I managed to squeeze in like half an hour of a movie a night before I pass out. One of the movies we're talking about this week, I actually took three attempts to watch it because I kept passing out um the other one i stayed awake and on the edge of my seat for the whole thing so maybe that's indicative of their relative quality but i do enjoy i mean you're um, good
0: simon now we don't have to do the podcast anymore
1: <laughs> <laughs> but i do when we when we sort of uh appear on on any of the multitudes of our wonderful friends or 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 really interact with them in any way i just love being like movie nerds, and then there's me in the background going, yeah, I too like movies. It's
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, and we do value all of our friends, and
1: we hope to have them on the show more. They're really, they're really and... wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful group. It's lovely.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but I started a letterboxed list yesterday. Called, L- called LA is a sweaty place, and many of our friends chimed in with sweaty LA movies. So if you ever want to watch a sweaty LA movie, there's now a list on my letterboxed. Full of them.
1: I my last um, contribution. I went out to a bat walk last night, so I didn't look at um, anything past like eight o'clock. But my last contribution was California Split, which I think qualifies as a sweaty LA movie, or at least it's grimy. I want to see that on the list anyway. It's beautifully California. grimy. Elliot Gould, yes. Elliot Gould, and Robert Altman is just that perfect combination of like sleaze. I'm not sure sleaze is the same as grime. It's not. It's it's, really not. It's, it's, uh, anyway, I just wanted to talk about California Split because it's great.
0: I mean, there's, it's interesting actually in making that list last night because there's a lot of Robert Altman films and there's a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson films and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of Michael Mann films. You know, there's a, there's a sweaty LA type of director and I appreciate that. And also um, California Split, which I've never seen, is Elliot Gould and George Seagal. Like where uh do I, where can I watch this movie?
1: That's on Prime.
0: It's on I got, prime, prime and it's on yeah. Hollywood suite on demand. So I have two ways to watch yeah. it. That's really yeah. Scary. Yeah.
1: Do it like young Elliot Gould is just like, I mean, old Elliot Gould was wonderful, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about Elliot Gould. I, I worked backwards from oceans movies. So that was really the first time I'd seen him in anything. Um, and sort of discovering his, uh, talent <laughs> in various decades is, is quite the thing. And like him, when we, when we, um, we read a Marlowe, didn't we? And then we watched a bit of him being Marlowe in one of those. And he's just mm-hmm. hes just one of those actors, isn't he? Like, that you can't put your finger on. And he's just so electric and natural and dangerous. Like, he is so, like, dangerous edges, but still, like, a big goofy smile. There's a lot yeah. a Lot of Oscar, Oscar Isaac has the same kind of quality, I think. And it's just fantastic. Really great. Uh, are we, yeah. should, should we just do a podcast on Elliot Gould? That would be great. And then let's talk about the
0: movies. I mean, minutes. yes, we should definitely do that.
1: Mm.
0: At um, this point, like, we should just be recording a podcast every day. That's just, you know, we're middle-aged white <laughs> men. According to the bylaws, <laughs> we're within our rights to demand that of ourselves.
1: Yeah. It, we should find a non-terrible text-to-speech. Um, program and just filter our daily text conversations through it and publish that as a podcast and just so people can really get get into the inane crap that is us picking apart movies and games and everything
0: it's actually not a terrible idea speaking of (laughs) guest starring on podcasts i just remembered today uh this podcast you'll be listening to it on sunday awesome friday on a sunday the 14th of august and Mm -hmm. my guest shot on movie rob minute i think is this coming week I think it's this coming week, where the movie Rob minutes in its third season, it's my friend Movie Rob, which I don't know if you can tell, but his name is Rob and he likes movies. And uh, uh, this season, the third season, uh, he is watching Die Hard one minute at a time. So I joined him from minutes 32 through 37 of that. Uh, And it's actually, it was a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to listening back actually.
1: I, I need to listen to that just so I can learn how people can talk about the tiniest details for the longest time. Uh, yeah, I, I feel mean, the same about.
0: I'm in five okay. five episodes of the show, and I think the shortest one is about forty minutes. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: I feel the same about that podcast you pointed me towards, which is only yeah Mission Impossible, and they're like on. Episode two hundred. They've just had Christopher McQuarrie bring Tom Cruise in for the two hundredth episode, where they only talk. Oh about yeah, this possible. Like the fuse to learn, Cast. Yeah, I need to learn about how to talk about that. For I feel the same way about baseball commentary. To be honest, those those old guys that do that are uh, incredible geniuses at just filling space with interesting conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, minute by minute podcasts are, are different because you literally just like. Fill the time with tangential stuff. Uh, Light the fuse mm-hmm. is interesting because they spend all their time—not all their time—but they—they um, like anyone they can get who's even tangentially involved in making those movies gets an invite to be on the show. Like they've had right. production designers and actors and and writers and. They've interviewed Chris McQuarrie enough times that on their 200th episode, he actually took over like hosting duties for their Zoom call, and that's how <laughs> they got so many people in. He just kept inviting people into the call. It's actually a really great episode. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I don't know these people. They're not a sponsor, but Light the Fuse podcast episode 200 is a great listen if you have any interest in the Mission Impossible films at all.
1: hmm Yeah. Good. So Good. what are we going to talk about on our podcast this week?
0: Oh, we're going to talk about two movies, as we are wont to do. Um, and we're going to start with this week's shiny new Netflix release, which is the Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco starring Day Shift, which is a movie that we've both seen. <laughs> and I mean, OK, so basic plot breakdown. Jamie Foxx is a down in his luck divorced dad who has a pool cleaning business, and he's also a vampire hunter and there's a whole secret union of vampire hunters that have a underground it's basically like they saw john wick and went let's do that but with mm-hmm. vampire hunters uh and then it was uh, not very good i mean i don't i didn't like it i didn't really like it which is a shame uh there's not really much more to say about the plot like there's a big bad vampire who has a plan to do a thing in the san fernando valley and she is played by, and actually, to be fair, I thought she was having a good time. Her name is Carla Souza. I don't think I've seen her anything before, but I understand she's on some TV shows. I can't remember if I've seen her anything else before, um, but she seemed to be having a good time um, as the big bad. Um, but her plan is never really fully explained, is it? Did I fall asleep in that part? I mean, beyond.
1: I fell asleep twice in this movie. It took me three or four days to get through it. I mean, her plan, like everything in this movie, having a vampire um, reclaim their former glory by becoming a realtor is a really good idea. Like, that's just a really funny idea that uh, realtors and vampirism, there's a lot in common. <laughs> and uh, yeah and i think her character name if i
0: remember correctly i believe her character name is literally audrey san fernando like she's trying to reclaim the san fernando valley i think that that's you know there's it's interesting there's a lot of really good ideas in this movie it's just not very good i don't i mean no correct me if i'm wrong
1: Uh, but i you're you're not wrong and imagine so this movie exists as you stated so um accurately at the top this movie is because a film a uh, action choreographer said what if like we've crunched some numbers we've done a consumer survey this is a consumer survey movie this is the results of a spreadsheet made into a movie people like john wick and people like vampires and what if we make a movie that has a like acrobatic fight scenes with guns and John Wick style guns and and the whole rest of the movie exists to make people watch these action scenes so they've just given Jamie Foxx a ton of money and Snoop Dogg's in it for some reason and then what they missed out on the point was having anyone competent on any level for any other part of this movie. So what if we make like a a snappy buddy action movie with Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco being the odd couple, but we don't have anyone who can actually write interesting dialogue? What if we direct, what if we direct like the, the any other scenes that are action scenes are really badly directed. What if we had this cool um, multi-vehicle chase through the city, but we don't have anyone who can understand how to shoot or edit Car chases, so they have momentum and interest. Like nobody watched George Miller, nobody watched The wachowskis n- nobody who nobody, knew what they watched, were doing.
0: Nobody watched Bullet. Nobody watched any. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think the car chase was that bad, except for there's one moment oh. in the car chase. I'll come, I'll come back to in a moment. It was
1: like it was like someone letting the air out of a balloon very slowly. Like it was every shot. There was there were so many times where they cut to a stupid shot. Just as the vehicle is doing something like with momentum, and it just took the air out of everything, and then there's a big there's there's three notable fight scenes in this movie, and they're the reason to watch this movie. The best one is in the middle. Um, what if we? Oh yeah, no, this I. Middle... Okay, uh, let I me, let say me finish like, I... I
0: I have very distinct thoughts about this. The scene you're about to talk about, so um, okay, yeah, go, go ahead. To...
1: I just want to talk about the brothers because uh, there's a fight in the middle with these two like dude bro brother vampire hunters who turn up and like high five uh, cool cool bro who are like genuinely hilarious like over the top and they like high five each other and then they disappear as well and every other character in this movie is nowhere as interesting as they are and yeah it, so this is my like- point
0: is that is that like I get I get that this movie was made by an action choreographer a fight choreographer dude and. But I don't get why. I don't know how I'm going to say this without being super mean about it. But
1: I'll oh, be mean. No, I that. don't.
0: I think that Jamie Fox and Dave Franco are reasonably good together. But there's the writing is so bad. Like who? Like mm-hmm. Dave Franco's character is meant to be a coward, and the reason and the, like he has like a recurring thing he does, and in most movies oh, it would be like oh, vomiting, and in this movie he pees his pants. It's just and so. That's... Oh. So juvenile and bad. But then in the middle of the movie, they bring in Scott Adkins and Steve Howie to have like a great action scene from a from a much better movie. Like, I want to see the movie about these brothers. I want to see the yes. Scott yes. Adkins Steve Howie movie. Because Scott Adkins and Steve Howie are both great at this. And the like the, the reason that the this middle fight scene is so good is that it's the only one where the camera pulls back and the, the director goes, well, we have Scott Adkins. Let's just point a camera at him and see what happens. <laughs> you know, Who is he? Where,
1: have I seen him in stuff before? Cause I didn't recognize him.
0: Yes. You've seen him in a ton of stuff. He has, uh, he shows up in big movies like this one to be in the best action scene. He's in one of the best fights in the first doctor strange, for example, but he also has like an industry of like B level movies where he's an action superstar. He's like, this generation's Jean Claude Van Damme. If Jean Claude Van Damme had never become an A-lister, basically, <laughs> um, he's he's so like he he's in a ton of movies and not all of them are good, but he is great and he is mm-hmm. always great. Mm-hmm. And he's you know a preeminent martial artist. He's super good. I don't know that I've seen Steve Howie in too many things. We just mm-hmm. double check that before I you know check myself before I wreck myself wreck here. <laughs> um, but. So, Similarly, great action presence. So yeah, Steve Howey was in Dead or Alive. Like he and and Stan Hill. Like he's been in a bunch of like bad action movies where you watch them because the action is good and the movie's bad. And this wants to be. If this had wanted to be that, it might have been more fun. But it wanted to be a a prestige a good prestige movie with good, and it's just not that at all. It's not. It doesn't have the writing. It doesn't have the direction. And I think what little bit of it are is saved is entirely because I think Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco in particular are very charismatic people on screen. And I you know, it's hard to say I had a terrible time watching them specifically. But I had not good time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah I
1: I begrudge every minute of my life I wasted on this movie because it was a it was a Excel spreadsheet of what our consumers want and the it was lit and directed like an Arrowverse episode. It was just awful to look at and it didn't have like I I'm very interested in what's going on with movies at the moment when movies are made for the small screen and Especially on Netflix, like there's something about why do Netflix movies, for the most part, always look so cheap and like overlit and there's no style to any of it. What this movie needed was a Sam Raimi or a Scott Derrickson or an Edgar Wright to add a, a bit of humor to or, or deafness or cheekiness to the whole thing, because the whole thing is completely devoid of any like character or humor at all. So God the Snoop Dogg edition is so like teeth grindingly just there so they can uh, appeal to that demographic. Like it doesn't add or do anything. I like Snoop Dogg a lot. I I think he, he's just being Snoop Dogg with a gun in this. And I'm honestly, I was fine with
0: Snoop Dogg. I was fine. Like, I think, I think you, you obviously disliked this movie more than me. Um, uh, but I thought that, like, lots of people were having a good time, and there was lots of good ideas, and all of which was put together terribly. And I'm sorry, uh, you know, first-time director J.J. Perry. I don't... I don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. Not I don't get so it. I do I don't think it was very good. And I think that, honestly, though, the writers of this movie, who I think... One of them's written a bunch of stuff. Um, Shay Hatton has writing credits on like um, army of thieves, which we watched. I think, I think we both liked most for the most part Um, and army of the dead and John wick three and the upcoming John wicks four and five. And the other guy, Tyler Tice, I believe his name is, he only has this. And I feel like if this script had felt like something other than a, a pretty good first draft, you know, it might have been saved a little bit, but this movie felt the the writing, the dial, all the dialogue, all of the jokes felt like a like a first draft, and I didn't I didn't like it. And what That's few moments where I did actually laugh or even just smirk were all just because of the way that mostly, honestly, because of the way that Dave Franco delivers lines, because I think he's really good at playing the, for lack of a better term, a little bitch type character. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> and that's not a slight that that's hard, that's a hard kind of character to pull off um and and to have it be like likable and he's really good at it and i again i think Jamie Foxx is super charismatic and i don't think he didn't bring everything he wanted to this role but when you don't have you know the dialogue uh, some of the yeah, performances so, are terrible yeah. though i feel like yeah. there's definitely a lot of scenes where and i don't want to single anyone else out cuz i don't really want to be that mean but like there's definitely some scenes where I watched and I was like, "Okay, so why didn't you do another take? Like you're almost there." Like I'm not a director, but I feel like you're like there's so many scenes where I'm like, "You're almost there," just like do yeah, it one more time,
1: I, just do it I, one more time. You know, I I thought the antagonist was awful. I, I'm not sure it's that the actress's fault. I I'm more willing to put it onto the script, and the script was. Uh, Honestly, I thought she was, seemed to be well, having a, lo-
0: a good time with what no. what she was given. She's almost and...
1: personality free. I could, I completely disagree about her. Like al- like almost without any kind of impact or personality for me. Like in uh, this kind of movie, she... you need need a bit of a, a scene to it as an antagonist. Just... Yeah, and what? again,
0: I thought. I guess maybe I thought she was doing the best she could with the material she was given, yeah. and if and maybe. Like, I thought that, I mean, if I'm going to focus on someone who is bad, it would be, there's two supporting characters in particular who I thought were just uniformly awful, who I will not single out, Uh, which um, I'll tell you after who I thought they were, but I just thought Mm -hmm. that they were, I thought they were, I don't think it's necessarily their fault. I think that they, Mm -hmm. but I also think that their performances were bad and I don't yeah uh, anyway
1: it's an incredibly lazy movie and it's not just the writing it's the direction and the editing as well and there's a couple of moments where one person explains uh that person I I don't I'm gonna spoil something but it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter there's a scene where, like, oh, the old woman you killed, that was her daughter. The next scene is the antagonist talking about that I had a daughter once. Like, it's saying the same information twice. And then later on, uh, Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg have this thing where Jamie Foxx says, just like old times. And then literally 30 seconds later, Snoop, go- Snoop Dogg goes, just like old times. And the, yeah. the ca- that caps the scene. It's so lazy. The whole thing is so lazy and so badly put together. It just it's a waste of time to even I don't know I don't know how I feel if this is just a Netflix thing or if it's it, it, it just felt so uninspired the whole thing it was just a pitch uh, and uh, for the fighting it was a, a stunt choreographer who probably wrote the script as well and it was just awful I, and you're right I want to see the brothers I want to see these goofy dude like alpha males who were actually I think you were meant to hate them. Pretty early on, but they were so charismatic and fun during the fight. And at the end of the fight, they're all fist bumping and like congratulating each other. It was just really lovely. I'd watch well, a whole just, film with them being Dubros.
0: And I don't mean to throw any shade at Jamie Fox, who's a great actor, or Dave Franco, who's a great actor. But in that fight scene, which involves the two, you know, Scott Adkins and Steve Howie, and Jamie Fox and Dave Franco, two of those people are such wonderful, gifted physical performers <laughs> that they mm-hmm. definitely outshine the people mm-hmm. who are supposed to be the leads of the, of the movie right like i definitely want to see mm-hmm. like if i guess if you're going to have a stunt guy make a movie you should have a stunt guy star in the movie you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I, f- I feel like what was the extraction was the chris hemsworth mm-hmm. one and i feel mm-hmm. like chris hemsworth is definitely doing more of the work when it comes to the stunts and fights in that movie than Jamie Foxx. And to be fair, Dave Franco is not meant to be doing the work. He's like, that's his character. He's a coward. Right up until he's a super ninja at the end.
1: With Um, with like a story beat that is completely out of nowhere, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, that has not been referred to before uh, to do with uh, a vampire evolution, which is just stupid. It's like watching a really bad video game cutscene from the early... 90s that level of like sense and quality it
0: was awful yeah <laughs> and, yeah and there's like, one again the other the other the other supporting character the one who i it, there's another supporting character who like lives in the building who like from the first time you see her you're like oh she's a plant from mm-hmm. the vampires yeah yeah course, and yeah. and i think that you know uh natasha what's her name natasha Louis, Liu um what is her mm-hmm. name? Bordizo. Yeah. She has been good in stuff. She's mm-hmm. been bad in yeah, stuff too. Has. Her 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 debut was in that awful Crouching Tiger sequel, and like, but nobody was like, not even mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh and Donnie Yen were really good in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. But um, like, from the first moment she shows up, you're like, oh, she's a plant from the vampires, and then they give you a scene that makes that explicit, and then they try and play mm-hmm. it like a twist later. Like, it doesn't make yeah, any it doesn't sense. Really. And then she immediately is like, well, I don't want to be the bad guy, so I'll be a good guy with you. And then switches sides, like, immediately with no coercion. No. And it's and it's she... all just, like, yeah, like, it's just all straight A to B filmmaking oh, writing, and it's not she... good.
1: She's playing Sabine Wren in the Ahsoka TV show.
0: Yeah, and I'm very much looking forward to that.
1: Right. Yeah, instead of watching Day Shift, she's also in Guns Akimbo, which everybody should watch. Uh, go and watch Guns Akimbo instead of this piece of shit because she's in that she's great in that and that is an infinitely better movie than this is
0: yeah and like sorry carry on i was gonna say and megan good is in this too and she's also you know a good fun actress and she's kind of wasted in this um but she'll be in she was in shazam and she will be in shazam too so we'll get that Mm -hmm. that's fine
1: yeah yeah so how many stars are you giving day shift
0: uh i imagine you're i'm gonna guess here that um Swami says Simon gives it a 1 because that's the minimum. <laughs> right?
1: I was I I was coming into this before we started recording I was hovering maybe 2 for the because it, some of the action work especially that middle fight with the brothers is pretty cool. But no talking about it as a whole I I resent the, the life I wasted watching this movie so it's a 1 star for me. Yeah.
0: I'm going to give it 2 based on the strength of Dave Franco almost entirely but that's just like very barely a two for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I do feel like he deserved better in, than this, mm-hmm. but I just, I, he, him and I guess Jamie Foxx as well are so charismatic that I don't feel my time was in, entirely wasted. And based on, again, the one scene with uh, Scott Adkins and, and Steve Howey, like just, just honestly, yeah, honestly watch this movie, but just fast forward to that scene. just just watch that scene that scene is great that scene is great um yeah so two i'll give it a two
1: i need to go through wow scott atkins uh filmography is quite the thing isn't it yeah he actually
0: he actually has a podcast as well that's pretty pretty fun to listen to podcast or youtube show i can't remember which
1: Wow, he's in lots of things called Legacy of Lies and Dead Reckoning and Max Cloud straight to video. That's yeah. always a good sign. This is this is the kind of stuff uh, at one point in my life I watched a lot of direct to video martial arts movies like a lot. And um this looks like the kind of thing that would take me back to that stage in my life.
0: Yeah. It were and like again he shows up in just tons of big movies to do, like the best action scene, like this movie. He shows up in tons of like debate movies of debatable quality to be in the best action scene in the second act, and then just mm-hmm.
1: disappear.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cool! So, yeah, that's uh, that's that's day shift. Watch it at your own yes. peril. No, don't, basically,
1: like, literally, watch anything else. No, just again, just watch
0: watch the Scott Adkins scene. It's great. And he disappears from the film after that point. <laughs> yeah, and... just...
1: Oh my god, that's right. I mean, you think, like, oh, they're friends now. Like, because they, they're kind of rivals for about 30 seconds until they decide to work together. It's another really lazy part of the movie. They build them as rivals, and suddenly they're best buddies. And so, like, oh, okay, so maybe they're going to form this, like, squad. They they kind of got a squad forming. And then they're just they like, just disappear, bye. yeah. So yeah, that's it. We're all gone yeah. now.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, stupid. let's let's move on because we're starting to get mean about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know,
1: I, 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 this film deserves, like, it deserves it. I have no, yeah. I have no interest in being mean, but this film deserved it. Let's talk about our second movie.
0: Yes, let's talk about our second movie, which is, um, well, how to lead into this movie, uh, basically. Uh, in the movie Fall, which we we're about to speak about, two young women climb a Ooh. tower and get trapped at the top of it. Yeah. And that's the whole movie. That's it. And it's kind yeah. of
1: great. It's great. I got to tell you, though, my, my, some of my favorite genres are bottle movies. Um, plucky female protagonists um, working through horrific circumstances to awesomely win and um situational horror so those three circles combined and the middle of those three circles is th- <laughs> is this movie and like i'm not really scared of heights but i felt physically sick for a, a chunk of this movie and i just watched it on my tv in the dark like i'm actually thinking of trying to see it in theaters because i i want to i want to see it i want to be completely immersed in it
0: yeah, I will say that if you're like me and you do have a fear of heights, um, just be prepared for that fact because there are definitely <laughs> moments. And interestingly, <laughs> though, the scenes that uh, the scenes that get me the most there's one in the trailer that is like the scene where the the ladder falls away. They're up, so they're at the top of this two thousand foot TV tower, and as they try to climb, the uh, the ladder falls away. And in the trailer, that scene made me feel like sick. Uh, and then we watched the movie. That scene didn't, but that's because immediately prior to it, there's a scene where a character like purposefully for the gram, like hangs off the edge <laughs> of the tower and the camera yeah. looks straight down at her. And I was just like, I had to like look away. And I, again, <laughs> we were, I was just watching it with my wife at home on our, on our TV in the dark and it was very effective. Um, but I have a, as a very tall person, I'm, have an ironic, I feel fear of heights and this movie definitely, <laughs> Trips that fear a number of times, Um, but in the end, like it's it's sort of weird to say that these two girls being trapped on top of a tower is the whole movie. Uh But that is pretty much the whole movie, and like there is some Uh emotional circumstances to their being there. You know, one of them was married, and her husband died on a previous climb, so this is allowing her to like overcome her Uh her fears and get her life back together. And then there's some revelations about the relationships between the three of them, and. I will say there's there's two sort of major reveals in the movie, and I thought they were both handled really well. Um, and I thought that both of the young women who are in this film um, did a really great job. Uh, yeah. Grace Carolyn Curry and Virginia Gardner are both um, very compelling on screen. I don't know that I've seen Virginia Gardner in anything else, but Grace Carolyn Curry or Apparently she's uh, sometimes credited as Grace Fulton. Uh, you, you would have seen if you've seen Shazam, which hopefully you've seen because it is the best mm-hmm. DC movie so far. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those. It's kind of. I mean, the joke right now is that like it's the same producers as Forty Seven Meters Down, so you could just call it Forty Seven Meters Up. And there's a lot of similarities between these two <laughs> movies. Um, but uh-huh. like, it's 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 a really good version of that kind of movie
1: yeah it's this kind of movie absolutely hinges on the performance of the actors their emotional um because the 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 fear that they're trapped in is always symbolic it's got to be symbolic for something and that emotional core is dependent on the actors delivering it without being over the top but like being like in them and i thought grace Fulton did a really incredible job Of portraying the fear she has, and the guilt, and the regret, and the the suffering, the mental suffering she's going through for the horrific thing that happened a year ago, Uh, I thought the filmmakers and her uh, really portrayed that emotional core really, really well. So it made her journey up this pole more thrilling because you understood what she was going through. Virginia Gardner as well played the um, this like Instagram potty uh, really well but also allowed the, the story did something really clever and introduced this element of it being a fake character and uh, there was a big difference between her real person and her fake person and I thought that was a really interesting aspect as well but the when you're when you're stuck in a place like this reminded me of descent actually I said it was just the other direction uh, and without the creature horror. Um, and phone booths as well. When you when you're trapped in a place, it also depends on that wonderful slow um, examination of how they're going to get out of it and how they use their ingenuity and resources to to get out of it. And if mm-hmm. that feels kind of um, un, um unreal or if it feels like undeserved, it can kind of break that whole stress. And I thought the the slow Levels of them like trying to save themselves, yeah. Uh, the things they went through, I thought, was all done really, really well, and really, yeah. it wasn't rushed, and it was really believable. Yeah, it's the kind of thing
0: where if it feels in any way disingenuous, it can kind of ruin the movie, right? And like, yeah, yeah totally. whether that whether that is in the performances, which in this case, no, they were both great, um mm-hmm. or if it's just in the writing, like if they happen to have a bag and the bag has exactly the things they need to survive, you yeah. know. Um, it, but it, or like it has exactly the things that need to survive in the way those things are intended to be used like they don't have to like macgyver anything then mm-hmm. yeah the movie's gonna have nothing and this movie they definitely do have to macgyver their way out of the out of the situation and i felt that it was i felt that it was handled really well um mm-hmm. and uh i think it does a really good job of especially toward the end. I do think there's a bit of a sag in the, in the middle or towards the end of the second act, but by the, by the time Mm -hmm. it gets to the point where they're, where they're desperate at the end, where they've been stuck for too long. Mm -hmm. And they really like, Mm -hmm. there's a moment, you know, the moment where you might think maybe they won't get out of this. I thought Mm -hmm. that whole section was really well, was really well. Basically my, my thoughts are that the, the first section of the movie is really good. And the last section of the movie is really good. And there's a bit of a sag in the middle
1: so i don't disagree uh, uh, but for me this the the slower middle part really worked because it it, uh, i don't know it just didn't feel rushed i think for them to be stuck somewhere for a long time you've got to kind of portray that somehow without making the audience bored as well and to have them sort of sleep their way through and sort of have these conversations whilst being stuck and whilst not really knowing what to do i i always enjoy that Instead of rushing to the next solution or attempted solution. And it kind of, for me, made, made me feel their isolation a bit more.
0: Yeah. And I would say, like, definitely, you know, I mentioned that there's two sort of major reveals in the movie and they're both handled, I thought, really well. Mm. Um, and the scenes in which they happen are important and engaging and definitely come in moments that are otherwise sagging for me. And not because there's a lack of action, but just because there's a lack of sort of anything. There's sort of like, I agree that there should, there needs to be moments of like stillness and silence to to really, you know, make it clear how long they've been in the place. And by the end of the movie, they've been there for a solid couple of days. Um, uh, but also, I felt that there was maybe a bit much of that at times. But, you know, it's artist subjective, so what are you going to do? Um, and then again, uh, the scenes—the scenes where they're just sitting and talking—are again, are again, they're great and important to the film. So I, yeah, it's—I I mean, I'm—I'm I'm, I'm picking at nits here, is what I'm doing, right? Like I'm not—I'm—it's—I'm <laughs> trying to find things. To talk. It's hard to talk about this movie because all the parts that I want to talk about are spoilers, and all the parts mm-hmm. that I want to rip apart aren't that interesting. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, they're not—they're not, they're not I... even like. They're not bad. They're just disinteresting to talk about. So, I, as it's this movie's in theaters right now, and I think you should go see it. That's my, that's my review. Go see the movie. You
1: should go see it, especially if you've got mulled, like, fear of heights or even a strong fear of heights. Like, this is a, uh, this is something you should put yourself through. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, (laughs) I actually really loved, um, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan's a good actor anyway, but he's got a a tiny part in this, but he's so good at making that tiny part feel substantial. And honestly, as a father with a daughter, uh, any kind of female character who has like a falling out with a dad and then tries to make up and like dad, you know, trying to get help from the dad, that's going to trigger all of my emotional response like quicker than anything else. So I really like that aspect too. And the, um, there is, there is a couple of twists and the, the biggest twist is, rip. Is I don't think you should, I don't
0: think you should talk about them at all. I think that, like oh, okay. the cold, I would say that uh, oh, okay. the colder you go into those moments, the more effective that they sure. will be. And okay. I feel, I feel kind of bad even saying that there are two major reveals. Um, but because like, I feel like, in knowing that they're coming, might actually make them not as effective. So, Maybe, I, yeah.
1: Especially because I, mean, I yeah, think
0: yeah. I think I think the way this that um and now I'm just doing it anyway, but uh, uh, I think that the way the first one is handled impacts the uh, uh and I need a source, but the way the first one is handled impacts the impact of the second one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's, it's just a really uh,
1: well-made movie and well-written, like compared to day shift like the the writing of the of fall really fits together like everything fits together the emotional core the revelations the situation the solution the um what they do to get through parts of this like it just fits together like a puzzle in that really satisfying kind of way where everything works together and it's um obviously they're not really stuck up a pole but it this it's also graded really really well that it looks um it looks like they're up there it doesn't look like obvious cg and i mean, i, never, I yeah, was never, happy for that as well
0: it never doesn't feel like they're up there for sure and there's definitely yeah. moments where like and i get that they're both meant to be like experienced climbers and one of them is like an instagram daredevil climber person so there's definitely moments where they're just standing on top of this pole and I'm like, why aren't they tethered to something? Why aren't they tethered to something? Why, haven't, why aren't they holding something? <laughs> well, huh? There's wind, man. There's wind. Like, <laughs> So yeah, if you have a fear of heights, this movie's going to definitely trigger that for you.
1: Do you know what? I also love it when filmmakers keep discovering that ballerinas have incredible athleticism and physical acting abilities. Mm-hmm. And they found this out with Alicia Vikander, and they found this out with Grace Fulton as well. And she is, she is so physically in in this movie, and she uses her whole body to to really, really portrays her 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 struggles, her highs, and her lows. And she's wonderful. She's absolutely wonderful in that she completely like she is the core of this movie for me and I, and I think the 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 way it's written and the way she very subtly sort of carries her grief and sorrow and fear into this film is a major part of why it works really impressed mm-hmm. with her
0: yep i agree uh so what are you going to give it out of 5 simon uh i i I'll tell you what, honestly, I'll start this honestly, up at like
1: what are you going with?
0: I am going with uh I think it just barely creeps into four territory for me.
1: Ooh, interesting. Barely creeps into four. Is that because yeah. you were scared of it, like
0: No, no. I, mean... I just, you know, it's just like I I love this kind of movie. I think there's definitely better examples of this kind of movie. Um But the parts that didn't, you know, there are a few parts that didn't really work for me, like I said. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the kind of movie that, you know, if we had half stars in our scale would probably be a three and a half, but I'm willing to say it's a four, not a high three.
1: Okay. And I'm, I'm just ahead of you. It's a really high solid four for me. And it just doesn't like the way that Prey felt like a five, this doesn't feel like a five and it's not any sort of comment on its quality because I loved it. And I think I I am going to go and watch it. In the theater, I am gonna pay money to go and see it again, and uh, it really worked for me. It's a really solid high four. It. It's a four and a half if if they existed, but it's a high four for me. Right. Good. Excellent. Very good.
0: Well, that's two movies. Uh, one of which you should uh, fast forward through to get to the good scene, and one of which you <laughs> should definitely see when you get your chance. Yes. Um,
1: try and see it in theaters, though.
0: Yeah. Um, we will be back in a week to talk about more stuff. Um, not 100 sure what that will entirely be, but most likely, I believe, She Hulk is next
1: week. Yeah, we've just got some access to that, so that, yeah, so
0: we'll be talking about the first few episodes of She Hulk and and something else. Uh, and you'll have to tune in to find out what. Um, <laughs> uh, that's pretty much the show. Do you have anything else you want to to bring up, no. Simon? Before we take off for the day,
1: we're going to finish up there because I just want to say happy anniversary to you and your good lady wife. And oh, how thank many you. years have you? How, how many years have you been married for now?
0: Six now. Yes.
1: Um, I will it is, say it to... is the
0: it is the sugar anniversary, which is if anyone who knows my wife and her love of candy, oh, uh, it's a very oh my
1: god. Uh, That's a good one. Uh, I will say it's the only wedding I've ever been to and probably ever will go to that where a Klingon Batleth? Come on, Star Trek nerd.
0: Uh, Are you talking about when my now brother in law led, like recited the story of the first Klingon hearts and presented us with a Batleth? Yes.
1: Yes. Like no other wedding has that. And I feel like it should be written into lore because it really uh, added a certain je ne sais quoi. Um, to the whole proceedings, so um, you, mean, you mean the part my... where he led the entire
0: crowd into the traditional Klingon <laughs> blessing of a of a, mede, a wedding? That was pretty great.
1: <laughs> that was pretty great, and um, other weddings seem quite boring in comparison. So um, I have very happy memories of of that night, and that's right up there. So, well, enjoy, yeah, and good. thank you everyone for anyway. listening. Yes, we'll see you next that's week.
0: After that uh, extra banter, um, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> I was looking at my notes for the movies that i took while we were watching them and uh, i did forget to mention that if you are going to watch um day shift uh just be aware that this director has also discovered drones and i gotta say it must suck for every other director in the world to have discovered drones the same year that michael bay did but that's <laughs> anyway um, that is the show for this week Uh, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, if you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcasting platform of choice. We're on all of them. Um, If you'd like to support us more directly, we do have a Patreon and a Ko-fi, both linked in the show notes. I'll link to my sweaty LA list in the show notes as well. um, So you can watch those movies or make suggestions. Uh, We record this here on the unceded lands of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh and Squamish nations here in Vancouver, BC. I have been Matthew. He has been Simon. Thank you so much for joining us on this awesome Friday.
1: Bye.